The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Good morning. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Today is our last day, talking about faculties for fearlessness. Find fabulous faculties for fun, fearlessness forever for freedom. <laughs> How many alliterations is that in a row? Fine. I didn't put the word fine in there. Probably there. I could get that in there somewhere too. I'm just playing around. I like alliterations. But um, maybe I'll just start with a quick review of what we've talked about earlier in the week. And as you know, I've been looking at the five faculties and, you know, not the conventional way, not the usual order and not necessarily the usual way that we think about the five faculties. And I've been applying them like, how can it help us with fear? How can it help us that with... um this uh, pervasive feeling that we often have that, oh, I have to protect myself. Oh, I'm feeling a little bit uh, threatened. And this fear shows up some, like a really subtle as, way, as well as in really obvious ways in which there's like some imminent danger, as well as maybe just this low-grade kind of anxiety that is not even clear what we're afraid of. There's just this sense of not feeling safe. So fear shows up in so many different ways in our lives, and it has an impact on us. It's taxing. And not only is it taxing, it can uh, kind of like diminish our life in terms of we're always trying to avoid greater fear or things that we're not comfortable with. And not only is it taxing, but it also kind of like uh, it uh, robs us of some freedom. We're getting pushed around by this trying to avoid things that are fearful. And then in these preceding days of this series on the faculties for fearlessness, I started off talking about sati and I um, emphasized the element of noticing. So part of sati is noticing. And it was a way if we're experiencing fear or we have some anxiety, it can be enormously helpful to notice our environment, like really mundane things like there's a computer screen, there's a corner of the desk, there's a keyboard, you know, just really mundane things can really help us to get um, collected and grounded here. There's also, there's this uh, way that we also can notice this strong sense of no. We have this way in which we're resisting, we're pushing back. No, I don't want this experience. And to notice that, how does that feel in the body and in the mind? And then that second day, I went to collectedness, this sense of getting centered and gathered and collected and maybe this wholehearted or wholeness around something, so stopping the fragmentation. And I emphasize looking at the this sense of no, this resistance. It turns out this is so powerful. We often think that we have to deal with the fear directly. We can do that, but it's not always available to us. So part of 
samadhi is to have this collectedness around the resistance. And we shouldn't underestimate how powerful and transformative this can be. And then on the third day, we went to sada or sada as confidence. This is to have some confidence that this practice does lead to greater freedom, greater ease and well-being. And also confidence in ourselves that we can do this. And we just need enough confidence to do the next, be present for the next breath, go to the next sit, listen to the next dharma talk, whatever it might be. And so confidence in ourselves and confidence that other people have this capability as well. What the things unfold differently if we're assuming that they have this, uh, this capacity to be with what's needed also. And also this sada or sada as trust, trust in this inner process towards greater wisdom, towards wholeness, towards freedom, towards healing. There's something inside of us that we can trust. We we don't have to make everything happen. There is also something that just naturally happens. And I don't want to say that we have to be passive and not put any effort, because we do. But it's not 100% about us making effort. Part of uh, Sada is trusting the process, even if it is uncomfortable. And then yesterday I talked about virya as courage. Sometimes uh, virya, we don't talk about this as much as the courage aspect, but this courage to meet whatever it is, the courage to do the preceding steps that I've talked about, the courage to be curious about fear and the resistance to fear, some courage to stop avoiding Stop distracting ourselves, which, you know, of course we do. Of course, we don't want to feel fear or the resistance to fear. So yesterday was about virya as courage. And today, I'd like to talk about the fifth one, the fifth uh, faculty for fearlessness, and that is panya. And maybe I'll start before I give the usual uh, translation, I'll talk about panya as both a distinguishing and discernment. Is this ability that we all have, this capacity that we all have to make distinctions? So I'm not talking about some sophisticated philosophical thing, you know, about knowing some esoterica. I'm talking about this, we can make this distinctions that starts to grow out of the clarity of mind And this clarity of mind arises just through practice, mindfulness in general, samadhi, if we, some settledness. But there's a way in which we can distinguish fear and the resistance to fear. This can be such a great starting point, as well as as something that matures with our practice. To be able to recognize fear feels like this. It's a lump in the throat. It's maybe some tightness in the chest. And the resistance is maybe this, uh, yeah, for for me often it is kind of like maybe a little tension in the shoulders, maybe some tension around the jaw. 
turns out tension in the jaw in particular is really related to a sense of resistance. So part of this panya is to know the difference between fear and the resistance to fear and to know the physical sensations away from the mental events. Physical sensations are the lump in the throat or this tightness in the jaw. The mental events are the thoughts of like, oh, if only I were somebody else, then I wouldn't be having this fear or this anxiety. Or you know, if only um, I had more time to practice, if only I meditated for 28 hours a day, then I wouldn't be having this, you know, or, oh, only if uh, that thing over there, they would, if they would just stop doing that, then I would feel safe all the time and I wouldn't have this fear. But there's a lot of stories that are accompanying these feelings of fear, anxiety, this idea of like, oh, I couldn't survive if this or that happened or somebody did this or they didn't do that. This, you know, without concerning ourselves whether these things are true or not, just noticing, oh, this is thinking and this is an experience, this lump in the throat. I keep on pointing to my throat because for me, fear is often a lump in the throat. All of us have our own ways have our own signatures, if you will, of how these fear and resistance show up in our body. But panya, this fifth faculty, is this distinguishing between fear and resistance, physical and mental, and distinguishing or discerning between kusala and akusala. These are poly words. We might... um I translate them as helpful, unhelpful, skillful, unskillful, wholesome, unwholesome, more suffering, less suffering. So just being able to like notice in our life, like tease this apart. Oh yeah, when I show up in this way, leads to more suffering. However, when I show up in this other way, which always involves some openness and ease, as best we can, always leads to less suffering. This resistance, really tightening it, always leads to more suffering. And this opening and spaciousness leads to less suffering. It's easy for me to say this. I know it's not easy to do this. But this is just to acknowledge that there are ways in which we show up in the world that bring some greater... I'm using this word ease or peace or freedom than others. So panya as distinguishing and discernment. And then also I will say that panya is insight. If I haven't said it already, panya is often translated as wisdom, but panya can, we can might think of it as insight. Insight as this maybe a change of heart, uh, opening, a realization, maybe an expansion, a vision, a clear seeing, seeing the world in a different way, that leads to less suffering. So it has to, this insight has two components. It's uh, seeing things differently 
and in a way that leads to less suffering. And sometimes we focus on how we see things differently, but we can focus on how it leads to less suffering. Oh, yeah. Since I had that realization, now there's a little bit less suffering. Now now that I see that there's fear and fear, uh, resistance to fear together, tangled up, and I'm able to tease them apart. Oh, yeah. And I can see how this resistance, I tend to get angry and blame. And having that little bit of insight brings a little bit less suffering. So insights might be big bang ones, <laughs> or they might just be, oh, yeah, a little bit greater self-understanding. I see now how my getting angry and, and lashing out is not the same thing as the fear, but it's often it's my pattern of reacting to fear, for example. And maybe I'll say that I want to also highlight that this idea of insight, right? We're insight, we're the inside meditation center, right? Where you kind of like, like this insight stuff. But I want to highlight that we can learn from every experience, including fear. Sometimes we think that, oh, I just, you know, I have to have meditative experiences and then I'll have insights then. But Fear and our resistance to fear are also great places to have insight. So we don't have to wait for the perfect conditions, pleasant conditions, in which we can have some really transformative and impactful insights. And then some of you know about these three characteristics. Things are inconstant, they're unsatisfactory, and there isn't an inherent core to the experiences, anicca, dukkha, anatta. I'm not going to say more about them. I'll just point them that, oh, these there's insights that are smaller and some insights that are bigger, but all of them involve a little bit of letting go so that we can let go into greater and greater freedom. And of course, freedom is fearlessness. So thank you all. For this uh, journey, being on this journey with me uh, for this week. Before I sign off, I want to mention that there are, um, if you're interested in exploring fear some more, there is um, classes that are um, coming up about fear. And if I can figure out how to put them in the chat box, I will... I'm not exactly sure how to do this. I'm looking at this. But while I'm doing this, I'll describe it. There's um, there something called Fear, Dread, and Freedom that um, I'll be teaching with some of my friends in uh, in December. Maybe if you just Google Fear, Dread, and Freedom, you'd find it. I don't actually know. And then, um, then there's also the path of fearlessness that I'll be teaching. Oh, here we go. So now I can, I think I can chat now. Okay. So I, I think I put this in the chat box. <laughs> just, you know, of course, if just only if you're interested in, um, oh, I have too many words. Sorry about this. Um, 
I should have figured this out earlier, right? So that's this one, fear, dread, and freedom. That's at the Sati Center. And then um, this other one is called Path of Fearlessness. And it's uh, it's uh, with IMC. And this is uh, more of a... a um, we'll be meeting once a month for, I think, six or seven months. These are all freely offered. And this is only if you're interested in... Um, exploring more about fear. I'll be talking about it in some different ways with some of my friends. I'll be uh, co-teaching with some of my friends and I'd love to see some of you there. It'll be on Zoom. Both of them are completely on Zoom. And so there'll be a chance for interaction with us teachers and with uh, each other, as well as some learning, some guided meditations and some kind of whatever um, way that you feel comfortable with. I'll say that, um, yeah, I'm sorry if you hear this loud, loud sound up there. Yes, Rahana said, um, it's listed on the homepage. Yes, the path of fearlessness is on the homepage of IMC, and fear, dread, and freedom is on the Sati Center, sati.org, S A T I. So I'm just well, I, I'm just offering this in case it's helpful and you want to explore this whole idea of fearlessness more. We won't be covering any of the things that I covered here in these uh, five days. It'll be a little bit different. Uh, each of them will. So, <sighs> What a pleasure it's been to spend these days with you and to be exploring these faculties for fearlessness and freedom. Find faculties for fearless freedom forever. <laughs> so I wish you all a wonderful rest of the day. And may you find some fearlessness. And if fear shows up, maybe you can tune into the resistance to that fear rather than feeling like you have to dive right into the fear. That's not always available for us. Thank you. Nice. Thank you for letting me know that these talks have been helpful for you. That's that's very meaningful for me. So thank you. Thank you. Oh, I wonder if I can do some of these reactions on here. I wonder as oh here we go. As I am wow. As I am C, I think I can. Look at this. Ha, ha, ha.
I'm not sure exactly. Oh, there we go. 